What can God do through a single life who is sold out to Him? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. I had the privilege recently of interviewing a dear friend, Pastor Ted Veer, and seeing how God has been faithful in his life. He has undergone several tragic events in his life, has been a missionary to Africa, and ministered here in the United States. Yet he has remained faithful to his Lord day by day, and God has indeed used him mightily over the years. In addition, he has a real heart for the individual and disciple-making, which he continues to do so today, one-on-one, even at age 92. I know you will be inspired as you listen to Ted's story today. So I have with me today um, Ted Veert, and to be truthful, we go back at least, what is it, 40, 50 years, something right, like right, that. Right. <laughs> uh, Ted married uh, my wife and me, and Ted is my wife's uncle. So um, we have always greatly respected you, Ted, and um, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you. We just kind of wanted to start back at the, begin- back at the beginning of, what, uh, of your life and uh, tell me a little bit about your growing up um, experiences, and, and uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes, I did. My dad accepted the Lord um, just before he was married, and that was a miracle. My mother had been a believer already, but really not well taught. We didn't have a church in our area. We had a, a visiting preachers who had come through whenever possible, but we didn't have regular services. And so I grew up in a Christian home. We were very comfortable. We had a small Mennonite community, uh, very enclosed. We, we were all little German-speaking people and a very close community. Some in, inner problems, but that's life. But we very, was very secure, and I was very content. We were very poor, but everybody was, so we didn't notice it. We never lacked for food, although it was very scarce at times, but uh, I was very comfortable with the way I grew up. And you grew up, I think, in North Dakota? North Dakota, yeah. yes, yeah. And was it your grandparents that came over from Russia to uh, the U.S., to Canada, I believe? Yes, on my mother's side, they came across from Russia and to Canada and then into a homestead in North Dakota, my grandpa's side, he was bo- he just got come over was more he was a young boy when they came over in into Canada and then came in homesteaded as well. Mm. Those two homesteads were about three miles apart. I see. Well, yeah. So tell me, tell me what a typical day would be like as you were growing up. Well, of course, we the first thing in the morning was depending on winter or summer. In the winter time, the first thing in the morning was to get the fire going for, in the kitchen stove. We all slept in the living room, and so uh, we everything else was closed off. But in the mom, dad would start a fire in the kitchen stove, and and then mom would get up and 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 get that going, and get breakfast, and dad and I would go out and do chores. Uh, when we got the milking done and the calves fed and stuff, then we'd come in and we had breakfast together, and then we would go off to school. Dad would take us to school. We, our school was about two miles away, and in the winter time. Later on, when I was up in the 7th and 8th grade, then I had a pony of my own and a sleigh, and I could take my brothers with this sleigh. We went to school on our own that way. So our school was, again, close to the church. was about two miles away, um, and we were very comfortable, cold. Of course, we didn't have, we didn't have forecasts and stuff like that. If a storm came up, we, we would go home quickly, so we'd avoid the storm. And it was, it was a day-by-day work in the morning, you'd look at the sky and see what what you think it was going to be like in the day, and that's the way we went. And, uh, and the, between Christmas and New Year's, we did a lot of visiting. Uh, 
visited all, every home together and went back and forth a lot. Throughout the year, we did quite a bit of visiting. In the summertime, it was too busy. Um, everything was done by hand, and so um, we really kept very busy. As soon as we could get into the field and seeding and stuff in spring, uh, everybody was busy, and uh, and we worked the late hours, and mm. and we took care of ourselves. We enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that um, you've written an autobiography, and in that I think you indicate um, some stories about uh, the fact that church was very important to your family. and Very much so. No matter what, you went to church. Yeah. Dad, later on when we did get a speaker, we could often, we were, Dad was in church. Uh, whenever the doors are open, Dad was there to see that there was a heat in the wintertime and things were okay in the wintertime. If we were, if we were not there before 15 minutes before starting time, we were late. Uh, but then Dad wanted to go home right after church too and get, get back to work. But, uh, the church was very, very much important to us. Um, everything is, it was the hub of, of our thinking and our living. And uh, Dad was, was a, a leader in the church with, the, with a couple of other men. And, uh, and we, 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 it was a hub to me. Mm-hmm. And tell me about how you came to know the Lord. Well, Again, I was very comfortable in church with with uh, with everything. When I was about twelve, um, our we had four Mennonite churches within our area, and one of them, our church was a little mission church of the other of a bigger one. Uh, but every year we would have evangelistic meetings in the spring, and we went to this evangelistic meeting in a neighboring church, uh, and. Um, there, I felt that God was speaking to my heart, and so I responded, and I asked my dad to take, take me to the counseling room. We went to the counseling room. The counseling room was full, but my dad then led, knelt and led me to the Lord there, and I knew that I was born again as I went home. I can still remember the sensation of being free, uh, although I wasn't a big sinner, but I still felt free with the Lord. And uh, that was a very highlight to my life. How old were you? I was about 12. About 12. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sad part about that is the church did not cause, uh, did not help us to grow. We were very ingrown. Uh, and I don't say this negatively to Mennonitism because I'm not against Mennonite. There, through that, I came to know the Lord. But we weren't developed. We, weren't, we were not taught to reach out to. Uh, we were just uh, kind of ourselves and kept to ourselves mm-hmm. i remember going to high school and um in in high school we had a, a, a music class and our teachers had uh, fair led us to sing ferris lord jesus and i remember thinking she can't sing that she's not a mennonite <laughs> you know type of a thing not using the name particularly but thinking that our group was really the holiest place um and of course i had to grow out of that later on but uh that was some of the mentality within our within our group. We were very a lot of our older people and a lot of our people in the church would not go vote because that was government and we had nothing to do with it. My dad was not that way. He was the clerk of the community and even in elections he was there. But so that was the background in which I grew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I think <clears throat> you went off to um, I'm not sure where you went to high school. Where did you go to high school? Uh, just public school in, okay, in but, Langdon. Yeah, uh-huh. twelve miles away. And then you went to Bible college. Yeah, I went to Bible and college what, after that. What influenced you to do that, and how did that come about? We had a we had a speaker came from Bible college to our church. Uh, earlier than that, I didn't. I don't remember what he said, but I just remember him being there. 
Then when I graduated from high school, of course, everybody was saying, where are you going to go to college and so on and so forth, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I enjoyed farming, but I didn't, it, there was no pressure. And, and one night the Lord spoke to my heart very, very clearly that he wanted me to go to Bible college. Well, I wasn't really sure about that, but the Lord really touched my heart and, and worked on it. And so I said, okay, I'll go. Then I had peace. Well, I went to college, and um, I was very uncomfortable. I mean, that place seemed so holy, and I didn't want to... It seems ridiculous, but I didn't even want to touch the walls lest some of that holy dust come onto me. And then I had three roommates from, from Montana, and when I checked into the room, they, they, it was 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and those guys were reading their Bibles. And I couldn't understand, you read your Bible to go to bed, or for church, or at breakfast table, because Dad always read his Bible at breakfast table. But why in the middle of the day when you had so many other things that you could be doing that you read your Bible? So I kind of thought there were quirks in that regard. And um, I did not comprehend where I was at, what I was doing. It was just all a mystery to me. I enjoyed the fellowship with the kids. We had a good time. We were only about 300 in school. And we had a lot of activities going on, but it was all... Too new to me, but the classwork did not sink in for the first six weeks. <laughs> mm. This was Grace Bible Institute. Grace Bible Institute in Omaha. Uh, Omaha. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, you say you didn't really know if you were going to go into the ministry per se. Uh, you just felt like the Lord wanted you there at that That's right. school. That's exactly. right. I had no idea of ministry. In fact, if you'd have mentioned to me of ministry at that time, I'd, I'd have laughed because uh, mm. that, that was uh, furthest from my idea. Mm. But one night, after about six weeks, the men, we were in, a, in one house. We had 17 of us men were taking over a house, Kuhlman dorm. And um, my room was the living room. And so the men in our dorm just called for a prayer meeting. And again, that puzzled me. If a school or a church called for a prayer meeting, that's understandable. But for young, red-blooded young men to call for a prayer meeting seemed... It just didn't seem to fit to me. Well, they came into our room, because our room was the biggest, and uh, they start talking about what God had talked to them that day, how God had led them and he protected them. And and I just I just was dumbfounded. I'd never heard talk like that before. Never heard that personal, that God was there with me every day. every, And it just blew me away. I don't remember what we did for our Bible study that night. That doesn't... But when we knelt down to pray... And I heard these guys praying. It came my turn to pray. I just, I just convulsed. I just wept. I don't know if I, I don't know if I even prayed. But I, 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 as it were, I vomited up all the filth of my selfishness. And I saw Jesus for the first time as somebody that could live inside of me. And that was a, that was a big change. My, my grades from Old Testament came up from D to B, and I could. The Holy Spirit was now able to make it clearer to me, and that made that was one of the tre- most tremendous things in my life. Is God a personal God to you, walking with you daily, or is He remote, out there somewhere, and inaccessible? You know, God is indeed with you daily if you have believed in Him alone for eternal life and you have opened your heart and life to Him. Maybe, as with Ted, this is a new concept for you, that God is a personal God who wants to be active in your life on a daily basis. 
I know you won't want to miss our next podcast as Pastor Ted Vera continues to relate his story and especially how he has struggled with anxiety, even to the point of thinking that he was going to die. Yet, God showed him that he is still with him. Join me next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the Navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.